Dear listeners, are you tired of the endless cycle of fad diets and extreme measures? It's time to wake up to a better weight loss solution with Robody. As someone who's been through the ups and downs of weight loss, I know firsthand the challenge of trying to find what will stick. That's why if I qualified for Robody today, I'd jump at the chance for a scientifically backed program that supports long-term success. With Robody, you'll gain access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market, paired with personalized lifestyle changes. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. Say goodbye to the roller coaster of weight loss dreams and hello to sustainable, real results with Robody. Go to row.co slash snoozecast. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash snoozecast. episode is brought to you by the collectors of remarkable pebbles tonight we'll read an excerpt from the book abigail adams and her times by laura elizabeth howe richards richards wrote more than 90 books including biographies poetry and several for children her father was an abolitionist and her mother wrote the words to the battle hymn of the republic Abigail Smith, in her childhood and girlhood, was surrounded by people of learning and political sagacity. Who were some of these people? At her home in Weymouth, there was her father, of course, remarkably lively and animated in all of his public performances, as we learn from his tombstone. Doubtless his company was stimulating to the bright little girl. Perhaps he took her with him now and then on his trips to Boston or Hingham, when he went to preach or to buy flour, and ministers and other godly folk often came to the parsonage. But probably, 
At her grandparents' home, she saw even more people of learning and political sagacity. The Quincy clan itself made a goodly fellowship of cultivated men and women. The Hancocks lived nearby. John Hancock was a boy of seven when Abigail was born. In the year 1755, when she was 11, he was a lad of 18, had graduated the year before from Harvard College, and had already begun a brilliant mercantile career. John was handsome and always fond of good clothes and gay colors. We have no description of his youthful costumes, but we know that one day in later life he wore, quote, a red velvet cap within which was one of fine linen, the last turned up two or three inches over the lower edge of the velvet. He also wore a blue damask gown lined with velvet, a white stock, a white satin embroidered waistcoat, black satin small clothes, white silk stockings, and red Morocco slippers. Roxbury was not far off, and here lived the Warrens, warm friends of the Quincy's. Joseph Warren was three years younger than Abigail. They may have played together in the Quincy Gardens. We may fancy them, the little maid in bib and apron, mitts and kerchief, the little lad in flapped coat, knee breeches, and waistcoat reaching to his knees. Both have buckled shoes. Abby's hair is rolled smoothly back over a cushion, pompadour fashion, and tied behind with a ribbon. Joseph's worn in much the same way, but without the cushion. There was another young man named John, who may have made calls either of ceremony or of friendship at the Quincy Mansion. John Adams was a year behind John Hancock in college, having graduated in this very year, 1755, which I have chosen for a survey of my heroine's surroundings. He came of good New England stock, his father being a substantial farmer, and for many years a selectman of the town of Braintree. The Adamses were never rich, yet we are told there had been a silver spoon in the family for four generations. In the year 1791, Miss Hannah Adams, the historian, in writing to John Adams, made reference to the humble obscurity of their common origin. Her correspondent, in reply, while acknowledging the kinship, went on energetically to remark that could he ever suppose that family pride were any way excusable, he should think a descent from a line of virtuous, independent New England farmers for a hundred and sixty years was a better...